This episode has been brought to you by LimitlessMushrooms.com. For all your therapeutic psychedelic mushrooms, please go visit LimitlessMushrooms.com and use code QAH10 for a discount on all your products. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Queer Heart. Today on the show we have Nasreen, psychotherapist Nasreen Mekdebi and myself, the host Mo Zabian. And how's it going Nasreen? Amazing. How's it going with you? It's good to have you on the show again. Awesome. It's always great to be here. <laughs> yeah. So today we are going to be talking about attachment styles and addiction, the correlation with addiction. Is that right? Well, more, more like porn and sex addiction in the sense of the intimacy. Yes. And, and we're going to talk about... Intimacy. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about... The four, so basically, before we get into uh, attachment styles and addiction uh, and porn addiction, we are going to talk about people, I guess, want to know what the four different uh, attachment styles are. What are attachment styles? So, there's three main attachment styles. The third okay. one is very rare. So, basically, uh, there's two psychologists in during World War II. Uh, one English, one Canadian, Bowlby and Ainsworth, who did a lot of research on young children in orphanages and hospitals. Yeah. And they found that there is a different way that children react. And they did this research also in Africa and different parts of the world. And they found there is these consistent attachment styles. So the first one is the secure attachment style. And so this is basically for... Um, people who are comfortable with emotions or exp expressing emotions okay. and they're also comfortable with managing their emotions. Okay. So they're comfortable with being close to someone. They're, mm -hmm. they're comfortable with intimacy and they know how to manage their own emotions. And the reason is they had a primary caregiver figure who was consistent and always there and knew how, when to be close and when to be far. Right. Now, most of the people who are in the secure attachment, they get into a relationship and they're more likely to stay in the relationship. So most people right now who are on the dating sites are unfortunately in those other attachment styles. They're in the anxious attachment or the avoidant attachment. Okay. Okay. So the anxious and avoidant are basically two faces of the, of two sides of the same coin. Okay. So basically, the, when we're kids, when we're born, we're very vulnerable and we need our parents to um, provide us with food, shelter, love, be close, love, right? They teach us how to manage our emotions. We need them. Mm -hmm. So at an early age, we learn basically what to do to keep them close and to keep them taking care of us in case there's something not right in the situation, right? Okay. So the avoidant learns that he has to stay silent and self-sufficient if he is to have food and shelter and support and emotional support. If they're to That's get attention, right. Okay. Yeah, so they learn from the way the primary caregiver reacts. Okay. They learn that they better not express themselves and not uh, seek a lot of attention and to make it on their own. So a lot of the people who are in the avoidant attachment are actually very 
workaholics, we call them. They might be very successful at their jobs. And a lot of them, they might, as soon as they get into a relationship and it becomes too complicated or too emotional, they decide to leave it. There's something okay. wrong. This person is the wrong fit. Um, They're kind of into fly-by-night things, like, you know, things that just very quick, instant gratification. Yeah, and no a lot of them, they get stressed. Okay. And when they stress, they don't know how to deal with it. So they end up going for, you know, maybe alcohol or drugs or, you know, porn or sex addiction just to soothe the intense emotion. Because um, addictions, what they do is they numb you, numb you okay. from feeling stressed. They give you a quick fix, a feeling of euphoria. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You have okay. A question? No, no, go ahead. Continue. I want you to continue. I'm no, listening. No, we, we can have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to say was, so these are the three different ones. Yeah, we, uh, there's still the anxious one, which I'm going to get into. Okay. So you're getting into the last one. Now, um, okay, continue. I, I won't have more to say until okay, you finish. So the, <laughs> the anxious attachment, they also, the, the type of parenting that they get is very inconsistent. Okay. And when we're kids, we really want our parents to be close to us, to take care of us. Okay. And because the parenting is inconsistent, what they learn is that they have to scream very loud in order to get their needs met. Okay. So this person, a lot of the time, grows up to be someone who, let's say, if they're in a relationship, they might get attached very quickly you know, and then they're always watching for where did this other person go? Why, if somebody hmm. doesn't call, okay, they think they went to someone else because they learned as kids that they had to protect themselves from abandonment because okay. for them, abandonment was a bad situation. So do they find themselves, those people must find themselves I mean, a lot with avoidant attachments and they're just sort of like, it's like a pull and push. Exactly. A lot of the yeah. time when they end up together, they trigger each other and there isn't really uh, intimacy. There isn't a chance of intimacy because they're always stuck into this. You know, the one person is being triggered because the other one is avoidant and the avoidant is being triggered because the other one is always poking at them and wanting their attention. Yeah. And, you know, it must feel like shit for the anxious person, <laughs> you know, really, oh, yeah. because it must feel very bad because this anxious avoidant, I'm sorry, the anxious person mm -hmm. would like the, that attention. And when they don't get it, that causes mm -hmm. the anxiety and mm -hmm. it sort of becomes a psycho. Man, have I ever seen relationships? So many, we see a lot of relationships like that, right? So, mm -hmm. so because they learn. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. They learn. So both attachment style learn, the, the avoidant and the anxious, they learn how to become like this at a very young age. Okay. And it becomes neurowired into them. They're used to behaving like that. If somebody doesn't call them, they think of the worst case scenario. That's it. There's no reason. But it, attachment styles change as we grow, as we get into relationships, as we become more aware, as we get therapy, etc. As we understand that this way of relating 
is not good for us. It's not, not helping us get our needs met to get the intimacy. So would you say almost every time that the avoidant attachment person is more likely to have an addiction? I, no, actually anxious attachment also are the, are have, can get the, uh, can get addicted because when they, these two attachment styles both have difficulty mm -hmm. with managing their own emotions. Because when you get consistent parenting, you learn how to manage your own emotions. Because as children, as human beings, we learn about ourselves through other people. We, it's called co-regulation. We regulate our emotions through other people. And when you're a kid, if you cry, your mother comes and soothes you. Right. But if you cry and the mother does not respond... Okay. What happens to the kid? Either he keeps crying, 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 and that's the anxious. It's called insecure anxious. And then, or it learns that actually I better stop crying because my mother told me if I keep crying, she's never going to talk to me again. And that's the worst thing that could happen to me. So they learn to stop crying and to keep the pain in themselves so a lot of the time maybe when they learn this when they become teenagers they might go fall break their leg and not tell their mother because mm. they've learned that they, if they actually tell the mother she, they're going to get a beating because they got into trouble because they brought trouble to the mother and quite often yeah. it makes complete sense it, so i imagine quite often like, I mean, this is carried into your, your other relationships, your friendships, mm -hmm. your, your romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. This is carried mm -hmm. on. And so basically, if you haven't healed those wounds, you know, you start to bring this into other relationships and it creates drama and, mm -hmm. you know, just this volatility, all these things. So um, it can be healed. I mean, is this something that can be healed if somebody is very, uh, I mean, anything can be healed, I guess, right? Through therapy? Absolutely. Like yeah. But it would take work, I'm, I'm sure, like anything else. Absolutely. So when, when you get... Essentially, into, it's a trauma. Oh, yeah. It's called relational trauma. Yeah. That's what we call it. It's called relational wounds when you're a kid, when you reach, when the child reaches for the parent mm -hmm. and the parent pushes them away or is inconsistent Sometimes they're laughing and welcoming you, mm -hmm. and sometimes they're pushing you away. This is a wound in the child. They can't feel secure that when they need someone to soothe them, you know, if they're hungry or crying or hurt, they, they can't, they're not confident that their needs are going to be met. So what, is the, so what is the correlation here? So because, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about the four styles and people who are have who have sex addiction or maybe any addiction for that matter um what is the correlation between the four styles and addiction do they have to have one of two of those things or is that just a common thing or what causes that what causes addiction yeah so a lot of the time what happens is there might be some sexual trauma as well that happens mm -hmm. at a young age mm -hmm. so something maybe they were uh, maybe sexually touched inappropriately or they were shamed about sex a lot mm -hmm. right 
And then what happens is this becomes another wound. Mm-hmm. And then they, this person grows up and they don't know how to relate in an emotional level to someone. But at the same time, they have this need to be met, right, of closeness. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we all have it. So then, And this is very specific they, to sex addiction. Yeah, I mean... I mean, sex addiction in itself is um, a controversial term because right now... I know, it's quote-unquote sex addiction because not everyone believes that it's actually a term that exists. Right. It's not yet a diagnosable disorder, 100%. But I think they started calling porn addiction under gaming addiction. But ultimately, what it is, in my point of view as a trauma therapist, it's a wound in attachment and trauma and intimacy Mm -hmm. right and you know sex is a way to get close to someone but when these people have uh, intimacy they don't know how to be emotionally intimate and they've Mm -hmm. had the sexual trauma as well this gets compounded and then you know when they grow up you know sometimes because the person who's very avoidant let's say they, they start doing a lot of casual sex just because they don't feel comfortable, secure, that if they get emotionally attached, they're going to be okay. So then this sex gives this thrill. And depending on the person and what's happening to them, let's say it becomes a habit to soothe their emotions. So let's say they have their stress, you know how people go for a drink or two drinks or three drinks. This person, and or seven those or drinks, eight. <laughs> right? Every this 20. Person, <laughs> okay, yeah. of, this person, instead of taking the glass of wine or whiskey or whatever, you know, goes online, looks for casual sex, and then it becomes, they really need it. And when it becomes a disorder is when, um, or maybe classified as a disorder is when this person lets the need for sex come in the way of their functional life. Let's say if they have a date and maybe they have a work appointment, they'll make up some excuse to the work appointment to go and have sex with this person. Or if they become um, a sexual offender, right? Mm -hmm. They can't tolerate that they want to have sex anyway. So they're on the subway, they grab this, person's sexual parts or something right then it becomes well there's different levels of it of course right Mm -hmm. and for different reason i mean Mm -hmm. you know uh like you know i mean it might as well like it's it's no secret i mean this is a a common whatever sex addiction is a very common thing that happens in the male in the gay male community and you know i definitely run into many people who have this issue and very hard to admit it. It's a very hard term mm-hmm, to absolutely. say to yourself, Oh, I'm a sex addict or I am addicted mm. it is getting into my daily routines. And so, you know, it makes sense though, that these attachment styles that we learn from childhood of how we, you know, how we relate to our main guardian, it manifests. And it happens more so in the queer community, you know, being left and whatever parents not accepting their children or whatever it is, it could, you know, traumas all over the place, right? So, um, sorry, go ahead. So especially shame. Shame is a trauma, right? Absolutely. Shame is a break in connection. It's like 
the parent, when the child does something that um, doesn't want you to do, what does the parent say? Shame on you if you do this. If you do this, you're outed, yeah. right? Yeah. So the child then has a feeling of shame, especially with the gay population, okay? When you grow up as a gay person, be it in North America or in the Middle East or anywhere, <laughs> how many gay couples do you see around you? How yeah. many healthy yeah. gay sexuality? A lot of people grow up having to discover themselves and realizing that they're okay. Even today with all this representation on TV and social media, still there's very little gay relationship examples. So there's this whole thing. A lot of the time there's been a lot of research and a lot of you know, gay men have to take poppers or drugs so that they can relax mm-hmm. and go have sex. Right? Absolutely. No, it's, it's, a, well, it's a very common thing in the queer community, PMP, right? Party and play. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> absolutely. That, which is another topic for another time, of course. Yes. But, uh, um, wow. So yeah, it's just like, you know, when people really, I guess, you know, what it comes down to really is like finding a way to heal and like learn how to connect again. Exactly. How to rewire, you know, how to sort mm-hmm. of just, you know, it's what it is, it's rewiring. And it's a, obviously a very hard thing, but it, but completely 100% doable for those Absolutely. who are just, you know. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, what it takes is compassion is learning, right? Like compassion, understanding is learning about something, learning about why a community is, this is happening in a certain community, or why it's happening to a certain person or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate that explanation because it was, it was really good. You're very, very uh, good at, really eloquent at explaining the four different styles. What else should we know about these four different styles? So the, three, the, the three actual- main ones. So tell me more about the voidum attachment um, and how it correlates to the sex addicted person. Yeah. So a lot of the time people who are avoidant and they had some sexual trauma or sexual shame, they become porn addicts. And mm-hmm. wh- why? Because porn is impersonal, right? There is, they don't have to deal with another human Makes being. Makes sense. Right? So it's a behind the screen. But the nature of porn is very addictive because it's like a game. It's like what the higher level that you need to get to. A lot of the time, people who watch porn, uh, I mean, not everybody who watches porn become addicted, but some people... Of course not. It, <laughs> it, it comes in the way of their relationships. Yeah. Sometimes they might be having intimacy problems in the relationship and the easy way out is to go on that computer and go find something. But the problem, of course, is when it becomes, starts taking up a lot of your time Mm -hmm. and when you keep going to more extreme scenarios and then what happens a lot of the time is that people then find it difficult to have regular emotional intercourse with someone, right? They might find it hard to get pleasure because it does not look like whatever it is on the screen. And they might want to find more fetishes than more different things. And it comes in the way of real connection. And I've treated clients who had this porn addiction and to get rid of it, indeed, it's to rewire the brain. 
right? A lot of the time, men will have find difficulty to get stimulated with their sexual partner because the porn addiction has, um, you know, they want something more extreme or they're not confident. The sometimes key, how far can you push it? Like how far can you go? What else can you do? How risky can I get? And so sometimes, right? And so, um, sorry, continue. I, I interrupted you. Yeah. So, so the key, what I did with this client is to stop watching the porn, right? Mm. And that's the most difficult step. But there's, there are ways around it. First, they have to be committed to do it. And then they can block their screen and have accountability partners and all of that. But then when they get the urge to go and watch, they need to do something else. It could be play a game on the laptop, call a friend. It's basically like AA, right? And with time, when they stop watching it for some time, the, the brain rewires because there was a pull towards a thrill. You withdraw the thrill and you replace it with something else that's fun, okay? Mm -hmm. Then your brain, like magic, Mo, they can become intimate again and it's fine with their regular boyfriend or girlfriend. It takes a lot of work, I'm sure. Hmm? It, it must take a lot of work. Like, is it really like magic is the question. It happens. I have yeah. two clients. That yeah, like I'm not doubting, <laughs> but I'm just thinking something that extreme. Like, could it be like, sorry, go ahead. Could it be that sort of easy and magical? Well, you have to put in the work. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. These people were committed. Yeah. It's not, you know, something that you can do in one or two therapy sessions, but it's something that as whatever you learn in therapy, you have to go and do it every day. Right. Got it. Gotcha. So it's really committing yourself oh, to yeah. this type of thing and you and for anybody watching who feels like you know there is this issue around sex or intimacy you know as you know as uh as i've read as maybe a few of us have read i've read it in many books is that well actually by Brene brown which says that the secrecy the way that shame can survive is through secrecy judgment and silence mm -hmm. and so we need to be able to talk about this and this is what the show is about is talking about these issues like this mm -hmm. you know to mm -hmm. let people feel comfortable and to be like hey maybe i do have this issue and that it is possible to heal from it and to become Absolutely. a normal a person who can have normal sex um you know who can have intimate sex not normal sex let's not say but um yeah, you know, so that's, that's very interesting. So you are saying then that um, avoidant attachment is a major thing. It's a major characteristic of people who do have addiction, correct? Anxious attachment as well will have, because what it is, it's, yeah. So basically both of them, the anxious. Oh, you're saying both, okay. They're both insecure. They're flip side of the same coin. The okay. thing with addiction so addiction is when you can't calm yourself. Let's say, you know, you're, you're feeling sad. Okay. And sad is like you have a wound. Right. You scratched yourself, right? You put alcohol to clean it and then you put a band-aid, right? It's like having a cake if you're sad or like, you know, depressed and you just go have something sweet or you have a drink. It's soothing that. It's, it's like soothing that. So, you, you know, that numbing soothing, it, right? numbing it. 
So when you're addicted, yeah. the main in my approach as a trauma relational therapist, the reason that you go for the glass of wine or you go for the sex addiction or the porn is because when you, you have this wound, which could be sadness or uh, stress, you know, mm-hmm. instead of putting alcohol and a Band-Aid, which could be doing things like maybe taking a hot bath or talking to a friend or taking a few deep breaths or just having internal talk, telling yourself, it's going to be okay. I need to manage the situation. It's going to pass. I'll call my brother. I'll call my sister. You know, instead of doing any of this, you get angry at yourself more. You, get, you feel more ashamed for being stressed, for being sad or whatever the situation is. And the quick fix is, you know, to, to pick that vodka or to go get a thrill, be it sex or porn, and to feel alive again, to feel something good quickly instead of feeling fix. all the stress. And, and that's what addiction is. But because you've lost this ability and the more you do it, it's very thrilling. You want more and more. What else can, what are the important, what other important things before we go? What are the other important things that you think that we should know about attachment styles and addiction? Is there anything that people should, should know and where should they go if people have an issue? So let's start with the first one. Is there anything else we should know? <laughs> about attachment. About attachment and addiction before we go? So, you know, it's like on a continuum. Okay. Right? So you could be a little bit anxiously attached or allowed and the same thing for avoidance. Okay. okay. And these are things that can be healed. Once you notice that you play in every relationship, if you notice that in every relationship, you play the same scenarios in your mind. Because you haven't disrupted. Yeah. You haven't disrupted right? that process. Yeah. No. Right. And you, you always say, oh, it's their fault. They're like this. Or you always blame yourself. Or you always say, oh, they never take care of me. Or, or you always think, oh, this person is too demanding, right? It's because you have the avoidant or anxious attachment. And if you start noticing that these casual encounters or spending a lot of time on online porn is coming in the way of truly connecting to another person. And connection then, is what you really need to heal this, really. It is so ironic, of right? Of course. Yeah. Right, because people who are doing this, they're looking for a thrill because they don't know how to connect because we heal by connection, mm. right? We heal when we talk about our problems. We feel better, we calm down, right? So when you notice this is the case, I mean, if you have just like an attachment problem uh, that's not very serious, you could, there's a very good book called Attached. You can find very it on good Amazon. Book. Yes. I really like it. And it's very practical. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of resources on attachment styles online, on YouTube. And that's a very good book, Attached. Or uh, if you notice you actually do have serious problem with addiction, you could call addiction helplines. I think Cam H has a helpline. Or you could find a therapist that you can talk to and in order to to demystify what's going on unpack it and see what you want to do about it yeah well 
get to the root of it. You know, it's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. there's no shame in getting to the root. This is uh, anybody who can relate to this. It's, you know, it's very courageous of you and to admit this to yourself. Cause the first step obviously saying, you know, Hey, this is my issue and I need to, you know, Mm-hmm. Start healing it so for anybody also there's a sherburn health center for anybody who is mm-hmm. you know uh needing to call for help i put some resources also in the description below for anybody who does need the help also i'm gonna put uh nasreen's uh nasreen's uh contact and all that below uh because nasreen works a lot with the queer with the lgbtq community mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so please give her a call and she's so she, you know, if she's, av- if she's available, she'll take you on, I'm sure, as a client. She's awesome, Nasreen. I love you. And thank you so thank much you. for being on the show and thank for you. giving us the necessary information and for, you know, explaining to us all attachment styles. Because I think a lot of people are like, what are attachment styles? Like, they don't quite understand that um, they don't understand attachment theory. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. up until six months ago, I didn't really know what attachment theory was, to be honest. Yeah, attachment I heard about theory- it here and there, but I just didn't get into it you know it's become very mainstream i would say i mean you can google it there's a lot of resources about it. oh yeah tons of it there's tons of stuff anyhow nasreen we are going to cap this off and uh yeah so thank you again thank for you being on the show. thank and you you're very welcome by the way, where do people, do you have an Instagram that people can follow you, that they, people can Yes, follow? I have an Instagram. It's called Heal with Nisreen. Heal with Nisreen. Yes. With I Nisreen. With Nisreen, yeah. And can they contact you? Could, of course. Do you want to yeah. give an email as well? Uh, sure. Therapy.maktabi mm-hmm. at gmail.com. I will link them. I will give it that I'll to put you. everything in the link. For yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. to see. So, Nasreen, thank you so much. I'm no excited to have you here because I've been excited to talk about this. And yeah, I hope to have you on very, very soon. I'm sure we're going to, we have a lot more to talk about. So, for sure. Okay. okay have a good night. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.